0: Alright boys and girls, episode 83 with Molly Galbraith is about to start and just a heads up, I had the worst luck interviewing one of my idols because the moment we were supposed to record, my Skype decided to update to its newest version and then my recording software could not turn on and I couldn't record anything And it took me about 15 minutes to figure out what the fuck was going on. And then I was able to interview Molly. So this interview's a little bit shorter than all the other ones. So we got about 42 minutes of Molly just talking about everything to do with Girls Gone Strong, her personal journey, and everything. So I apologize for not getting more information from her And, uh, other than that, like, this episode was amazing. She was really cool with the fact that I was not prepared, and I felt really embarrassed because Molly is a huge idol for me, and, you know, out of all the interviews, my Skype had to update right there and then, so... Without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hopefully you guys get something out of it as Molly is just an amazing human being and an amazing entrepreneur when it comes to fitness and marketing. So let's get right to it and here is Molly. I don't think you need an introduction to know who she is, so let's get this thing started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me today is the one and only Molly Gabrath. Say hello. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. So I always like to start off the show with a little icebreaker and ask my guests what do you got planned for the weekend?
1: Oh my goodness. Let's see. So I don't know if you, if you know this, I'm in, I'm in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. um, for a few weeks and, uh, one of my team members, one of the girls Guns team members just got here. And so we're going to dinner at, um, a friend's house tonight. So it will be a big community dinner, which is so nice. So I'm based in Lexington, Kentucky most of the time. And while my family's there, most of my like close friends have moved away. So I don't have a huge community of close friends where I live. So being down here, Um, I'm here with like a a handful of my friends, so it's really nice to be able to do the whole like, you know, get together, have dinner, like have 10 or 15 people there where you really enjoy everybody's company. So we're doing that tonight and tomorrow we're probably going to explore Costa Rica a bit with our project manager, Sarah.
0: Awesome. So why did you choose Costa Rica in the first place?
1: So I didn't choose Costa Rica in the first place. Oh, okay. um, uh, if you're familiar with uh, John Goodman yep. and Allison, so John Goodman runs the Personal Trainer Development Center and trainer.com. He is a close friend of mine, has become a close friend over the last six or seven years. And I'll make the story very short. Um, John and Allison have been traveling in the winter. They're based in Toronto. They've been traveling in the winter for the last several years. And about four years ago, uh, three or four years ago, I came home from a hair appointment. My hair was falling out from stress from essentially, from, you know, running girls come strong and all of the other things that I had up to that point. And so my boyfriend's like, okay, we're not going to do this. We're not going to stay holed up in this tiny little townhouse that we live in with no sunshine and just like work all winter and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, compromise our health and those kinds of things. He's like, let's, let's talk to John Goodman and see how he was able to travel for, you know, reasonable amount of money. So we hopped on a call with John and Allison. I'd only met John Once in person, I had never met Allison. Casey had never met either of them. Casey's my boyfriend. And they said, we're going to Uruguay if you want to join us. And for the last three or four years, John had invited dozens of people to come meet him, and no one ever did. And he invited us to Uruguay, and 20 minutes later, we had booked tickets to Uruguay. Uruguay. And Uh we actually, they they didn't tell us until a year later that we actually ruined their trip to Uruguay. They hadn't planned to be there for five weeks and we booked tickets (laughs) for five whole weeks. So we messed up all their plans, but we um, joined them and had such a great time. And again, just had that wonderful kind of community aspect of being around friends who have a similar lifestyle, Um, and you know, who like to be active and who work online and understand, you know, kind of what that means, um, to have a community in the fitness industry. And so, yeah, so we've been doing it ever since. And John Allison chose Costa Rica. So we kind of alternate choosing where we're going to go for a little while.
0: That's awesome. I've been following John's work probably since when he first started in the industry. And that was like Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things I was so jealous of. I'm like, Oh man, this guy travels so much. I wish I could get to that point.
1: Yeah. He's super incredible. And, um, you know, he, uh, the thing I love about John the most is like who he is online is exactly who he is in person as well. Like everything he talks, everything he preaches about from the habits to the discipline, to the systems, to, you know, really finding balance, um, work-life balance it, he does. And, and it's really inspirational for me. Um, so my boyfriend Casey, about a year ago with, full-time helping with girls come strong. He's an entrepreneur and has his own business and his own business was under control. And so he decided to go full-time girls come strong. And we both love what we do so much is that it's easy to work 12, 14 hours a day. And, um, you know, not, you know, to really lose ourselves in our work. And so John and Allison are such fantastic models of like, you know, making sure that you're stepping away, making sure that you're taking breaks, making sure that you're shutting things down and really, um, you know, taking care of yourself physically and emotionally and stuff. So it's been, they're a great influence on us when we travel because if we're up to Casey and me, we would work 24 seven because we love it
0: so much. So how do you like stay productive in a place like Costa Rica? Because I feel like (laughs) if anybody else went, they're like, oh man, I would hit the beach like every day and not even look at my phone.
1: You know, it's so funny. It is exactly the the kind of problem that the flip side of the coin that I just talked about is that I love what I do so much and I care so much about Girls Gone Strong existing in the world that it's actually hard for me to tear myself away from my work to go to the beach. So I'm kind of like totally different mindset than most people. And, you know, from my perspective, I think that that is honestly what it's taken to um, to take Girls Gone Strong from an idea to something that actually exists in the world. So for me, it's the, it's the exact opposite. It's like, Hey Molly, you've been at your computer for 10 hours straight. You need to get up and go for a walk on the beach. And that's how it's been the last few years. But, um, in the last, basically since Casey came on to help a lot over the last year, the team has grown and I've gotten a lot more help. It's really funny. Cause, um, we'll, we'll bring someone on the team and they'll take over like a ton of responsibilities. They'll take a bunch of stuff off my plate and they'll be like, Holy cow, this was like, enough work for a whole nother person and then we'll bring somebody else on the team. And they'll be like, Holy cow, this was enough work for a whole nother person. So we've been finding out over the last year that I've been doing the work of about four or five people for oh, several man. years. So now we have a bit more of a team so that I can, I am able to step away um, when I need to and relax a bit more, but it's really just been, you know, this kind of mindset of like the world needs what Girl gone strong has to offer and Girl gone strong will exist in the world no matter what, you know, that kind of like, naivete and audacity to believe that like this thing is going to exist and it's going to work and it's going to, um, it's going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. But it's been, it's been good. Cause the last this, this trip so far, we've been doing, we've been getting a lot more rest. We've been taking more time away from our computers. We've been relaxing with friends a bit more. As you can hear, I'm at a coffee shop right now. So if you hear them blending smoothies, that's what's <laughs> going on in the background. I'm at the one place with like fiber optic wifi. Okay, um, nice. So yeah, so for me, like I said, it's always been taking time away from work that's been challenging because I'm just so passionate about what I do and I love it so much. So
0: So if you had to give advice to like a coach that would like to go away for four weeks and still run their business, like what's kind of the first couple steps they need to ensure to have in order to do what you and John do long term?
1: Yeah, so I think that... um, you know, and, and I'm super not the, uh, really organized, like business person. Like I have people in my life that help me with those things. And so one of the things I think is really important is knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses. So for me, knowing that the, that, um, staying really well organized and systemized is not my particular, uh, and sticking to like a really specific regimen is not my strength. I have other people in my life who kind of step in and do that for me. Um, so one of my boyfriend Casey's biggest strengths is prioritization and, and, um, and, and just kind of being able to, to see what's most important to work on. And so, you know, we kind of, the night before we kind of plan out what our day is going to look like. Okay. So we're going to get up at this time. We're going to drink some coffee. We're going to go for a walk on the beach and then we're going to sit down and be hyper productive between this hour and this hour, um, And so, you know, at home, it's really easy to just kind of like be half working all day. But when you're here, if you really want to take time away and enjoy yourself, then you have to be super productive in the time that you have. So I think planning out your day ahead of time, prioritizing the three things that are going to be most important for you to get done that day, and then just sitting down and doing them with absolutely no distractions whatsoever. Um, And it's, it's a practice, you know, so if you're. Someone who gets distracted easily. It's like any other habit or skill that we develop over time, right? Like, we don't, like, if you tell someone to eat slowly, they're like, okay, great, that sounds nice, but how do I do it? So, like, same thing in terms of, you know, being disciplined or, um, or whatnot with your schedule. Like, it's a skill, it's something that you practice over time that you get better and better at. So, you know, I think that having those systems, having those habits is really important. And then just being able to prioritize what's most important and not letting yourself get caught up in, you know, kind of the small unimportant stuff is, is a really, really good, um, skill to work on.
0: Uh, so my next question, cause I was kind of wondering, cause I think a lot of coaches look up to you as like a celebrity and I think it'd be kind of curious as kind of like, what's your kind of day look like on average, like what time do you wake up to like what time you go to bed and what's kind of filled into the middle?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, do you feel like your community, do you you think your community knows me and knows my story? Is there anything that you want me to kind of share about that? Or you think that we're good to go and I can just hop right into my day?
0: Uh, I think you can hop right into your day. Like you're a pretty big name. And (laughs) (laughs) I I have like an interesting like audience. It's like half fitness enthusiasts and half coaches Mm -hmm. and almost every person I've had on, they've Mm -hmm. all enjoyed them. So I think if you yeah. just went into your day, it'd be completely fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's very different when I'm at home versus when I'm here. Um, so I'm actually a bit of a night owl. So for me to, uh, you know, to get in bed early and to like, you know, get like, wake up at a decent time. Like so many fitness people are like, I go to bed at nine and I get up at four and like that is so. Oh, not my schedule. So one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that I actually worked in bars and restaurants for gosh, probably seven or eight years all through undergrad, all through grad school. While I was, um, I had a startup business with a former boyfriend of mine, a startup fitness software business, actually a tech-based fitness business that, uh, did not make it. Um, all, and then through gosh, starting my gym with my former business partner. And then through starting girls come strong, I worked at a bar or restaurant. And so I would be up until like four in the morning, multiple nights Jeez. a week. Yeah. And then get home and then, you know, take a while to calm down and I'd go to bed around six and then I'd get up around like, you know, 12 or one, whatever. So I've just always been kind of geared towards later nights. So, um, but I'm trying to, uh, to change that. So I was chatting about, about my schedule with them, with uh john berardi a couple months ago because he's a little bit he's not quite as much of a night owl as me but he's a bit of a night owl as well and so we were talking about you know some people are geared towards so there's some research to suggest that going to bed before midnight that that sleep is more nourishing than sleep that you get after midnight but then there's also some research that shows that some people are just kind of geared or wired to go to bed later than others. So when I'm at home, I usually go to bed between twelve and one, and get up around like nine ish. And then when I'm here in Costa Rica, it gets—I mean, it gets dark at like five o'clock in the afternoon or five thirty. So I've been going to bed around like 9.30 or 10 and getting up around 6.30 or 7. So another thing I'm not sure if if, um, people know is that I have Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroid disease, and I have PCOS. Both of those things contribute to a lot of fatigue. And so for me, like I really, really need nine, maybe even 10 hours of sleep a night. Um, If I get eight, I'm absolutely exhausted. And um, I battle fatigue just kind of in general, even if I do get enough sleep. Um, But for me... Yeah, that's having less than having less than nine hours, and I'm like pretty much a zombie. So, <laughs> and so I yeah, so I've been so here I um I've been getting up around you know seven ish six thirty seven seven thirty and uh, getting up having some coffee going for a walk on the beach coming home either working at home or um coming to the coffee shop that I'm at now getting in like a solid four to six hours um of like really focused work um. And then, you know, sometimes taking a break to go work out in the middle of the day, there's a little what we call a jungle gym, it's literally a gym in the middle of the jungle that we go to sometimes. There's also a beautiful, well equipped air conditioned gym at this, um, the coffee shop I'm at is connected to a hotel and they've got a gorgeous gym, we just bought a month past there to work out there. So I'll leave the coffee shop and go to the gym and work out for a bit, then usually go home. Um, cook dinner with kind of our, we have a whole household. There's like six of us living together right now. So uh-huh. actually seven, seven, if you include baby Calvin, John and Allison's <laughs> baby, um, we usually cook dinner together. Everybody sits and eats dinner together. Then maybe we'll get another hour or so of work. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of hang out and chat and talk about our day and maybe go for another walk on the beach and then get in bed by like nine or nine 30. So it's a much more relaxing schedule here than it is when I'm in Kentucky. Again, in Kentucky, I'll find myself, you know, working from 10 until eight and then like eight o'clock rolls around and I'm like, oh, dang, I haven't even like gone for a walk and I still need to get to the gym. And, you know, so, um, so it's a much more relaxed schedule here than when, um, than when I'm in Kentucky, but I'm hoping that, uh, you know, kind of resetting while I'm here will allow me to take that more relaxed schedule back to Kentucky with me. Because it's been years and years and years and years and years <laughs> of working, um, working myself to literally the detriment of my of myself and my health. Not something that I recommend for people. But again, it's just kind of that like this thing's going to work at all costs, and I'm aware of kind of the trade off of the time and energy and focus that I'm putting into it. Um, You know, it's not like, oh, I didn't know that this, you know, that staying up this late or working this hard or not taking a break during the day wasn't good for me. It's like, nope, I'm aware of that. And um, for the moment, this thing's taking priority. So That's kind of how it's been. But like I said, as the team grows and I have a bit more help, um, I'm really looking forward to taking a somewhat more relaxed schedule back to Kentucky with me.
0: Yeah, I think that's a tough part because there's a lot of coaches out there that want like the work-life balance but at the same time having like an online business that just does things for you and it's kind of like, you know, oh, I only want to work six hours today. It's like, well, you kind of have to put in a lot of more effort for your business to grow and I think there's kind of like that push-pull. There's a lot of coaches that don't really want to put that extra effort in and like you were saying, like you created this huge like presence of girls gone strong. And like you were saying, like 16 hours straight, like no problem. Mm, But now you have something to show for it, which is like amazing.
1: Yes. So I've kind of always had this, um, this personality or this mentality of like, I'll do the work now to reap the rewards later. That is just like, I'm not an instant gratification person whatsoever. Like, I I mean, maybe if there's like a cheesecake in front of me or something, but like in general, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not an instant gratification person. Um, so I've always been willing to just like put my head down, nose to the grindstone. And again, like it's not that I have to force myself to do it. It's that like like you can't keep me from doing it, you know, kind of thing. So again, there was one point that I had a gym. I had, so I had a brick and mortar gym with my former business partner. We had a seminar business together. I had Girls Come Strong. I had my own blog and I was still waiting tables. Like there was a point in my life uh-huh. when I was juggling all of those things because that's what it took to make it work. And so, yeah, for me, it's been like, you know, it's like, oh, you're an overnight success. And it's like, that's 12 years of hard work or, 10, you know what I mean? 10 years of hard work or whatever. So people are like, it must be nice. And I'm like, well, you know, like they didn't see that, you know, I've been busting my tail for the last decade. They don't see that I live in a townhouse with no couch. I don't have a couch, um, no TV. And I live next to a train, you know what I mean? Like people don't see that kind of stuff. They're just like, oh, she's in Costa Rica. That's so luxurious. And it's like, yes. And I have made all of these very deliberate choices up until now in terms of, you know, reinvesting everything back into the growth of Girls Gone Strong and, um, you know, and and working really, really hard in ways that people don't see to be able to come to somewhere like Costa Rica. And the other interesting thing about Costa Rica that a lot of people, uh, at least for us, don't know, when you travel for a long period of time, you can travel very, very, very cheap. So, like, if you say, Hey, I want to rent this house for three months, they're like, Perfect, you get 80% off the price, or whatever, you know, 90% nice. off the price. And you're traveling with people, and also, you know, the way that um, th- there's no better person to travel with than someone who complements your skills. So, for me, I'm uh, not a really, so I have an MBA. I have a master's in business, but I don't love business. I love the mission, the vision, the voice, and the content of Girls Counts Strong. Um, My boyfriend is a great entrepreneur, so he's really good at kind of operations. He's fantastic at finances. He's fantastic at accounting, all that kind of stuff neither of us are like strong quote unquote marketers. I'm like, I don't know. I just want to like tell my story to people. And <laughs> it's like, well, I guess that's marketing. I don't, you know, like, I don't know. I just want to be myself. Um, but where John is really, really strong with marketing. So it's fantastic for us. You know, we sit down and we're making dinner together and we have a two hour chat about, you know, marketing or whatever. And it's like, or a, you know, a program like our coaching and training women Academy launch. And, and so being here um, we we spend less coming here for X number of weeks than, most, than some people spend on like a mastermind in a month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take care of ourselves emotionally, physically. We're getting to spend time with great people and we're getting to um, do things that help grow kind of our movement.
0: So I was kind of curious, like what made you start Girls Gone Strong in the very beginning? Like what was that like? Oh, I finally had this idea. We should totally do this, <laughs> right? Like, what made yeah. it all start?
1: Yeah. So I first got interested in fitness in 2004. And it was just kind of like your your quote unquote average fitness story. I was a college student, and I was, you know, what I considered to be overweight and unhealthy. I certainly was not taking care of myself well. And I decided I wanted to lose weight. And so I hired a personal trainer, worked with him for a little while. Uh, and then, you know, as a poor college student, I couldn't afford to have a trainer. So I started working out on my own. And a few months later, I started dating a guy at the gym who was a trainer. And that's much more economical, by the way. Um, and he was interested in he was a competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. So I was thrust into this world of really intense um, lifting and training pretty early on. I mean, 2005, we're looking at almost 13 years ago it was the beginning of 2005. or sorry, 2004, um, over 13 years ago. Yeah, almost 14 years ago when I was first exposed to powerlifting and bodybuilding. And so I did my first powerlifting meet in two thousand five. I competed in figure in two thousand six, seven and eight, did powerlifting again in two thousand nine. And I have this kind of like roller coaster story of you know, getting really lean and then, you know, getting diagnosed with autoimmune disease and then not being as lean as I was. And, you know, the struggles that came along with that and then saying, okay, well, if I can't be really lean, I'm going to be really strong. And then, you know, getting into powerlifting and then, um, injuring my back and, uh, all of these, this kind of crazy roller coaster, um, ride that I was on. And, and, and along the way, you know, I just was so in love with fitness. And so it was 2000 and like I said, 2004, when I first got into it, um, and I remember I was in, I was in college at the time. I decided not to change my major cause I'd already changed it a few times. 2006, I started my MBA program and I would, I remember like skipping my MBA homework and just staying up all night reading everything that I could get my hands on. on like T nation or whatever, you know, just like digging into fitness so much. I was so in love with it. And, I think part of that journey between 2005 and like 2009 or 10 is I just wanted to be like in fitness in some capacity and I didn't know what that meant. I just wanted my life to be consumed with it. And so I loved it so much. Um 2010 I uh started a gym with my former business partner and that we had that until 2014 when Girls Gone Strong started to grow. But in 2011 I was friends with, you know, some other women in the fitness industry and in a, maybe spring or summer of 2011 Brett Contreras sent an email to myself and about 15 other people. So at this point in time, I had like, you know, uploaded a bunch of videos to YouTube, like lifting videos and stuff. I had, friended. I had gotten back on Facebook. I was off Facebook for a while. I had gotten back on Facebook to help promote my gym. And I, again, had the naivete and audacity to be like, whoa, Dan Johns on Facebook. I want to be his friend. And like just adding him as a friend, right? Rachel Cosgrove. She's so cool. I want to be her friend. So I literally did like that rookie, like newbie move. of just like adding all the biggest names in fitness um on facebook but again it was 2010 2011 before like that was before everybody was like had maxed out their friends right so i was like adding all these like super well-known people on fitness that in fitness that had no idea who i was um and just like i want to be this person's friend so i did that and kind of you know had a decent amount of influential fitness people that i was friends with on facebook and then was uploading videos and just kind of and stuff and um, got connected with Brett Contreras at some point. So he emailed myself and about 12 or 15 other women. And he said, hey, ladies, you guys are awesome. It's time for more women to rise up in the area of strength and conditioning. Like now you have each other's contact information, like do something cool. And so he had sent that email to us and it was just kind of like, oh, that's nice. Okay, whatever. And about three or four months later, um, one of the women on that list, Allie McKee, sent out a tweet and she's like, it'd be so fun if we could work out together. And um myself and Jen Comas, who's a GGS co-founder, were headed to Columbus, Ohio or Cincinnati, Ohio, to watch a woman named Julia Ladousky uh lift at a powerlifting meet. And so Julia is at the, is a three-time elite level powerlifter in three different weight classes. I'm sorry, not three-time. She's a elite level powerlifter in three weight classes and also does physique competitions now. But she was lifting at a powerlifting meet and we were gonna go support her. And so I told Allie that we were gonna be there. And I sent an email. I was like, you should come. And she's like, okay. And I sent an email to all of the other women that were on Brett's list and said, hey, we're all going to be here if you guys want to come. So we were just going to like plan a weekend to get in a workout together. And seven women showed up. And that weekend, we had such great natural chemistry. And we were all so um, realized how passionate we were about kind of. Spreading the gospel, quote unquote, of strength training to women. And it was like, I want to help women. I want to help women. I want to help women. And again, this is almost seven years ago. So, like, women in the weight room today might not sound like um, such kind of an anomaly, but we had all been in strength and conditioning for at least eight to 10 years. So, we had been some of the only women in the weight room. I mean, I think Julia had been doing it even longer. We had been the only women in the weight room for years. And so we really wanted to do something. We didn't know what that something was, but we just knew we wanted to spread the gospel of strength training to more women. So we decided to start this thing and we called it Girls Come Strong. And we started with just a Facebook page and because um, we didn't, didn't have any clue how to start a website or get a website together. And so that was 2011. And on day one, we had a thousand likes on our Facebook page. And, and we were like, oh, Oh, I guess, I guess, I guess the world is interested in this. Okay. That's cool. Um, and so over the next couple years, you know, the women, everybody who joined or was part of the beginning of Girls Come Strong had something else going on, whether it was they owned a gym or, you know, they had an online business or they had a YouTube channel, they had whatever, everybody kind of had their own thing going. And over time, um, you know, to be like involved with an organization that's not really giving back, um, can be challenging. And so over time, The other six women, you know, very, very, very amicably said, Hey, like, love what you're doing. Have to go focus on this other thing. Um, You know, have to provide for my family, have to run my gym, have to do whatever. So everybody kind of stepped away. And then in 2014, I was left with this thing called Girls Gone Strong. And um, so in 2013, I had started dating my boyfriend, who again was an entrepreneur. He has a brick and mortar mattress business uh, that he's had. For several years now. And he was like, Hey, how are you monetizing this thing? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, how are you making money? And I'm like, I are not. And he's like, wait a second, what? And so we were, um, that was 2013. We started dating. I, we, our first program, the modern woman's guide to strength training was in the works and he kind of stepped in and helped a little bit. And we released the first program. And I think within a week, we sold it in like 45 countries or something like that. Wow. And really like this was 2014. So we've been giving, 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 giving for years to the point where our community was like, please, do you have a program we can buy, you know? Um, and again, not intentional, just kind of like, I love what I'm doing. I love being able to, you know, help these women and communicate with them. And Oh yeah, I guess that we should be, you know, we, I guess it takes money to make an organization like this have legs. So, um, we released our first program 2014 and over the last several years, a lot has changed. Um, But yeah, now, so now we've got, you know, hundreds, probably close to a thousand free articles on our website, hundreds of, you know, free videos on YouTube. We have end user programs. Um, The Modern Woman's Guide to Strength Training will be phased out and replaced with something new within the next few months. But that's a general strength and conditioning program for women. We have Moms Gone Strong, which is our pre and postnatal end user program. We have a coaching program called Strongest You Coaching, where you get to work Um, in a small group with a Girls Gone Strong coach for nine months. And then we most recently have our Coaching and Training Women Academy. So one of the biggest questions that I get from uh, both fitness enthusiasts and coaches in the community is how, you know, Girls Gone Strong has changed my life. Girls Gone Strong has, you know, helped me, um, you know, come to terms with my, you know, body embracement or my, you know, whatever I have going on in my life, it's made me love myself. It's made me treat myself better. It's, you know, empowered me to do X, Y, and Z. How can I pass that feeling on? How can I help other women? How can I be a woman or a person who empowers women? And so between the lack of high quality evidence-based body positive women specific information out there um, available to coaches and trainers and the number of both professionals and enthusiasts who are interested in passing on kind of the empowerment, the gift of empowerment, and strength and knowledge that Girls come Strong has given them, we decided to start the Coaching and Training Women Academy. So it's the it's an online academy that will house women-specific certifications. We released our first one back in September, and it was our pre- and postnatal coaching certification. And again, it's the the first um, evidence-based, body-positive, women-specific like super comprehensive pre and postnatal coaching certification, then we are going to release our general women's certification, um, in the next several months. And then we are exploring possibly releasing a peri and postmenopausal coaching certification after that.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like, um, like with girls gone strong, like any, cause 90% of my clients in person are all like moms. I don't know why mm-hmm. I just get along well with them and I, awesome. I always send them to Girls Gone Strong because I'm like, this is like the best resource out there for you rather than reading like, I don't know, Shape Magazine where like the front page is like lose 10 pounds and then the next page is here's a cake recipe and then the next page is a workout. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like I, wait I, a second. Yeah. It's
1: like love love yourself, lose 10 pounds, here's chocolate yeah. cake and you're like, yeah. wait a second. But also, you know, again, just the um, one thing that I felt like is one of my biggest strengths is... Um, is knowing uh even if i am not, not the subject matter expert i know who the folks are that are at the point of the spear of information so like with our pre and postnatal coaching certification for example um and you know other again other headlines that are like get your body back it's like your body didn't actually go anywhere first of all um there's no need to get you know to get it back in the sense that we all think of um but you know, with the pre and postnatal coaching certification, we had um, 16 experts from five countries. Six of them were physiotherapists and multiple physiotherapists are on the board of directors of the American Physical Therapy Association section on women's health. So to be clear, that's not an official endorsement from, from the APTA section <laughs> on women's health, but uh, three or four of our of our women involved with the certification are on their board of directors. So again, it's been most important to me to seek out the best information and then to make sure that we're, that it's aligned with the kind of the girls guns, the body positive girls gun strong message. Um, And so, yeah, I really appreciate you sending, sending women to our site, but there's just, again, such a, there's been such a lack. There's never been one place to send women for information on, you know, strength training, recovering from exercise after C-section, mental health, sexual health, like intersectionality and fitness. You know, there's never been a place uh, where all of that's housed in one place where you, where you know without a shadow of a doubt that you can trust the information that's being provided there.
0: Now, the other thing I wanted to get into was like, you know, everyone online will see all the success that Girls Gone Strong has had over the years. But I'm kind of curious to see... What were a couple of mistakes that you've done building the business and you're like, oh, well, that didn't work. I need to scrap that and start on this. Like, do you have any experiences like that?
1: Yeah, so I would say that um in the beginning, it was probably letting myself get distracted really easily. So, of course, uh, you know, if you're in fitness, there are no stranger to people constantly presenting you with quote unquote opportunities, right? Whether it's an opportunity to be part of an MLM or an opportunity to be on, you know, like interviewed for an article or an opportunity, you know, we just got something from Pinterest the other day where they're like, well, print out your pin and we'll put it at our booth. And, you know, it's just kind of like all of these things. And in the beginning, I think it's super easy for people again, who are interested in building like an online um, persona or business or whatever, I found that I was so flattered. My ego was so stroked by the fact that people were interested in featuring me or talking to me or interviewing me or whatever that, um, I was saying yes to everything. And I think that's, that's not necessarily the worst thing ever in the beginning because it allowed me to get in front of a lot of different people. But for me, I allowed that to I think go on for a bit too long to the point where I was allowing myself to get distracted from what was most important for GGS. So um I think that was one kind of kind of mistake was to allow myself to get easily distracted, to not say no to opportunities that didn't serve me and not say no to things that maybe I wasn't interested in doing. Um that was an issue. And then another issue was to Uh, it took me a while to recognize kind of my strengths and weaknesses. So I was trying to do things within the organization that I wasn't really good at instead of, um, you know, being the person who was focused on the mission, the vision, the voice, and the content, which is what I do now. Um, It obviously takes a while to build a team, but I was still trying to spend too much time spinning my wheels, focusing on things that I wasn't good at. So if you've read the e-myth, the entrepreneur's myth, you've heard of the mm-hmm. technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. So, so many technicians want to start their own business, right? You're a, you're a strength and conditioning coach, you want to open a gym. You're a yoga instructor, you want to open a yoga studio. So often, when you are the technician, you're like, I'm going to start my own business so I can be my own boss and do this thing that I love all day. And what you don't realize is that you end up doing so little of what you love and so much more of the entrepreneur, you know, the sales and marketing and then the managerial, so the operations. And so that happened at my, at my in-person gym, when I had my brick and mortar gym, I was, um, a bit of an entrepreneur and a pretty darn good technician. My business partner was an incredible technician and neither an entrepreneur nor a manager. He was, he was okay at some of the operational Mm -hmm. stuff, but certainly not an entrepreneur. Um, and so we found ourselves struggling really badly. We didn't have the entrepreneurial piece. We didn't have a great manager And so we found ourselves struggling in that capacity and, you know, he still has the gym, but he's downsized recently because he's like, I don't want to manage people. I just want to train people in my own space. Um, and so with girls Gone strong at one point I was, I was all three, which didn't go well. And then I was having to do a lot of the managing and some of the entrepreneurial stuff and some of the technicians. So it's, um, not recognizing that I was taking on roles that did not fit my strengths for far too long. So if, you, um, if you're familiar with Krista Scott Dixon, KSD, yep. she talks about spending 90% of your time strengthening your strengths and 10% of your time neutralizing your weaknesses. And I love that because I think so often we're like, I suck at this. I need to work on it. And it's like, no, 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 you need to spend your time strengthening your strengths, neutralizing your weaknesses, and finding other people who complement what you do. And so there's this really cool thing at, at Precision Nutrition where KSD is a is a force to be reckoned with called, um, unique abilities. And it, uh, it's a kind of an assessment that you can do to allow you to find what your unique abilities are and make sure that you're spending 90% of your time within that. So that's something that we haven't officially done at Girls Gone Strong, but we're hoping to so that we can make sure that everyone that's working within the organization, um, is in the best role where not only they can flourish, but it's good for them. It's good for the organization and you know, it's kind of good for everybody involved. So.
0: Yeah, I love Krista. She's just such an amazing individual. And anytime I hear her speak, she just makes so much sense. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, I can listen to you forever.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I feel like my brain explodes in the best way every time I hear her talk. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, speaking of the e-myth, what books are you reading currently?
1: Ah, oh, so let's see. You know what's really interesting? So um, I even though I have done a lot of work in the shame and vulnerability stuff personally, um. I had never read any of Brene Brown's stuff, which is super interesting. So I started reading her stuff recently, and um, uh, actually it was about two months ago, I listened to her book, Braving the Wilderness, while I was headed to Chicago to speak at a fitness conference, and um, I'm assuming you haven't read Braving the Wilderness, Um, (laughs) let's see, Braving the Wilderness, The Courage to, uh, what is it, The Courage to Something, and the, The Quest for True Belonging and The Courage to Stand Alone. And so talks a lot about um, what does it mean to belong? Because Brene talks a lot about belonging to communities and, you know, and ultimately the book is about belonging to yourself. So what does it look like to truly belong to yourself, even if it means that you're standing alone? So I was a whole new kind of special when I got to this fitness conference, because in general, I'm a pretty bold individual and don't really shy away from like difficult conversations, but it was super amplified when I was there. And so... I was having really difficult conversations with other fitness industry professionals about things like racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, um, just really like the kind of conversations that I feel like everyone says that they want to have, but they don't actually ever have, you know, like they wish that they could have like an open-minded civil conversation with someone who has a totally different viewpoint than them. Um, and I actually had one of those, uh, with, um, Nick Tuminello. And that was really, really cool. Mark Fisher joined us about 45 minutes um, through, but we had like a 90 minute conversation on all of these topics. And really, I feel like we're as close to seeking understanding from one another as you can be when you feel so like firmly rooted in your beliefs, you know? So Braving the Wilderness was a really cool book for me. I am um, getting ready to read Principles by Ray Dalio. I don't know if you're familiar with Ray Dalio. No. Um, he is one of the largest hedge fund. He manages one of the largest hedge funds in the world. Wow. It might be the largest. And he wrote a book called Principles. And um, so there's a pretty cool story where Phil Caravaggio, who is the uh, co-founder of Precision Nutrition alongside John Berardi, um, found his book online and fell in love with it and published it. And so uh, – and, and I'm sorry – he fell in love with it and, and published two copies of it, one for himself and one for Ray. And he sent it to Ray and, um, then ended up long story short, helping Ray turn it into an actual book. Um, I'm not sure who published it, but it's like a 550 page book. It's like 16 Jeez. hour audiobook. So I'm getting ready to start reading that right now. And then I've been reading, um, John Goodman has two books. He's got a box set habits of highly wealthy online trainers and marketing breakthroughs for highly wealthy online trainers. And obviously, you know, he's a, I was reading habits um, on the plane on the way over here and I'm in the middle of reading marketing breakthroughs right now. So, so even though he lives in my home, I'm reading his book.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, you're just adding <laughs> more books to my list because I think Mark Fisher always comes out with like the top 50 books that you should read. Yeah, and I, I've yeah. been like try to like hammer those out and I'm like, man, there's yeah. so many. <laughs>
1: he's the best and worst because he's like a speed reader who listens to audiobooks on like two times and he can still retain all the information. So he's like, he's the best and worst because he's like, here's the 85 books that I read this year or 150 books I read this year. And you're like, what? How did you do that?
0: Yeah, but, yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> how he finds the time because like he's another good example of because he has two gyms in new york and then has like his speaking engagements and everything like i don't know how he does it
1: yeah i've talked to him a bit about that about just like his scheduling and stuff and and yeah he takes multiple weeks off per year to go to burning man and he's just he's just a hyper focused um person and again like a bit of a speed reader a bit of like he's got these specific skills um that allow him to pack in so much stuff into a into a short amount of time but yeah he's pretty incredible
0: um, so I think maybe for the last question, um, we can go into this. Um, if you had to do a TED talk that wasn't about fitness or health, what would it be and why?
1: Mm, oh my gosh, that's like a <laughs> that's a super thinker. <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, it would be on vulnerability, a hundred percent. So whenever people talk to me about you know how I like do the work that I do or how I got to where I am in the industry. Um, It really, for me, boils down to vulnerability. And it, I was doing that before it was cool. Um, so I started like, gosh, probably eight or nine years ago going to therapy. And the reason that I started going to therapy is because I, um, I struggled to be vulnerable with my boyfriend at the time. And he's like, this is a problem. You need to go to therapy. And so the joke is that like therapy worked too well because now I'm vulnerable all over the internet. <laughs> um, so, so that's kind of the running joke, but for me, it's kind of the key to everything. So as I mentioned earlier with the coaching and training women Academy, we're in the middle of creating, so we created the pre and postnatal coaching certification. We're in the middle of creating the women's specific kind of more of a general certification. So for women who aren't pre and postnatal and who aren't hurry pre- and postmenopausal. Um, and so one of the first chapters that we have when it comes to facilitating positive change is the ability to be vulnerable, the ability to recognize that you, um, have things that you can work on and being open and willing to work on them. So for me, it's the key to facilitating positive change. Personally, it's the key to, um, having and maintaining good relationships and it's the key to just being willing to get introspective and, um, and, yeah, and, and, and being open to to growing and evolving and, and changing. So I think that's what my TED Talk would be on.
0: That's awesome. Like, yeah, vulnerability is a huge one because, like, even when clients that I train and I tell them, like, oh, I ate a burger and a beer on the weekend, they're like, you do that? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just like you. I'm not right. this, like, magical unicorn of fitness
1: Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I think that's so cool. And I love that you're so um, open and honest with your clients because I think that's really important for them to see that you're like them and to be able to relate to you. I think one of the biggest problems in fitness is making it feel like it's so um, out of reach for so many people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you Google fit woman, you see like, and this this comes from Dr. Larissa Mercado-Lopez, who's a professor of women's studies at Fresno State who contributes a lot to Girls Come Strong. She talks about this idea, if you Google fit woman, the woman that you see is young, she's white, she's ripped, she's often blonde, she looks like she has access to nice facilities, and she's wearing, you know, like good clothing and like all this kind of stuff. So, so often we think that that's what fit looks like. So we think that fit you know, looks like a certain age or a certain ability level, right? She's, you know, not going to be differently abled. Like we, it's this super um, narrow view of like what fitness looks like. And it often feels so unachievable to people based on their size, their age, their race, their class, their, you know, ability level. And so I think that making health and wellness and quote unquote fitness feel more accessible to people is really, really critical for, um, for being able to kind of, spread that message to, to more people and, and make them feel like fitness is for them.
0: 100%. And very last question, cause I know you need to go, um, where can people find you online? Do you have any projects coming out and any more speaking engagements you can just plug away?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they can find, uh, find me at girls And then of course we're on Instagram, the girls gone strong. I'm also the Molly Galbraith. Um, I got to Instagram late, darn it. And got, had to add the infant of my name. Uh, someone has Girls Come Strong and has literally no posts. It's very Weird. frustrating. I need, to con- I need to contact Instagram about that. Um, and then we've got our Coaching and Training Women Academy. Our pre- and postnatal coaching certification will be available again in February. And then we'll have our women's coaching certification available, I said July. I think we're going to try to make it earlier. So sometime in the spring, we'll have our women's uh, coaching certification available. And then speaking wise, I know I will be probably at the uh, major summit for CanFit Pro in Toronto in the summer and um, likely at Perform Better Again, possibly in Chicago. Uh, But I don't have too many of my speaking engagements nailed down for next year. So not totally sure about speaking. Um, Find us on Girls Gun Strong and keep your eyes peeled for the Coaching and Training Women Academy certifications. You can find more information on those if you go to academy.girlsgunstrong.com.
0: Awesome. So, thank you so much for your time. This was just amazing.
1: Uh, Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on, and we'll have to do it again sometime.
0: Definitely. All right. So, that's going to wrap up the episode with Molly. And hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. And hopefully, you guys are not too disappointed that I was not able to get a full hour with her. But you know what? She gave a lot of great information, a lot of great insight on how you know, Girls Gone Trunk started and how she built the business and you know some applicable steps to kind of growing as a coach. And for all you fitness enthusiasts, just seeing what you know Molly does on a daily basis to, you know, have the work life balance, get her workouts in and, you know, take time to walk on the beach to kind of de-stress from work. Because I think a lot of us Kind of fall into the hustle and bustle of work and forget about actually de-stressing ourselves so again i'm going to ask everybody to please 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 share this podcast with everyone you know i want to grow this thing as big as possible so please help me out and help everybody else in the world and get some great fitness and health knowledge and next week you guys we'll see you then